You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And we're back on Money Talk. I'm Andrew Work. And uh, we're taking a look now at our Your Money segment. And there were some pretty impressive figures around the resurgence in tourism for Golden Week last week. And in Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright takes a dive into how much of a boost that provided for the hotel industry here in Hong Kong. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. In Your Money Today, we're going to take a look at the resurgence of tourism in Hong Kong post-pandemic. According to the Immigration Department, over three quarters of a million people arrived in Hong Kong just on the first two days of the recent Golden Week holiday. So let's take a look at what that means for the hotel industry. I'm joined now by Shaman Chalram, who is Senior Director, Asia Valuation and Advisory Services at Colliers, to find out more. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Carolyn. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about what's been happening at these hotels. What have you been seeing uh, and have seen in terms of demand and room occupancy for the Golden Week holiday? So speaking to a lot of hoteliers, you know, prior to to Golden Week and then in the build up to Golden Week, we had a lot of demand, a lot of hoteliers saying they're going to likely hit 90, 95% occupancy, which is fantastic. And then obviously those numbers have come in. And as we can see, rates just went through the roof. They really popped over the weekend, especially the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right leading through to the bank holiday Monday. And I think the numbers that you mentioned there, three quarter of a million visitors, I think that number has probably gone over over a million over the first three to four days. And that's great news for Hong Kong. The sectors needed a much needed boost, really. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of tonic just to get things moving for, for the rest of the year. You've obviously mentioned there that it's very important. So let's talk about the revitalization of the hotel and hospitality sector here. What, what is the industry doing to, to really boost that for itself, as well as the fact that we are seeing a lot of tourists arriving through the, uh, the borders? Well, I think there's two things. One is you've got the number of tourists coming through the borders. But for the hotel sector, really, it's important to look at overnight visitors. I think this year we've had around a total of 4.4 million visitors. In March alone, it was around, looking at the end of Q1, uh, around 2.4 million visitors. And of those, overnight visitors were around about 1.6 million visitors to stay overnight at hotels. So we start to look at those figures. That's where it starts to impact the hotel sector. And obviously, when we have things like Golden Week, that really, really helps. When you've got big events coming into Hong Kong, you know, we've seen Art Basel, we've seen Clock and Flat, we've seen the Hong Kong Sevens, um, we've seen Creamfields. So with all of these amazing events, that's what hoteliers really want to spur demand. And especially at the luxury end of the market, where some of that revenue wasn't coming through in the past, that's now really shone through. If we look at coming just back to Golden Week, those figures hit sort of eight to 10,000 Hong Kong dollars a night at the luxury end of the hotel sector. And if you look at the lower end of the hotel sector, rooms that maybe would have been, you know, seven, 800, 900 a night popped to maybe 2,000, even 3,000 Hong Kong dollars a night. But what we saw a lot of that Demand was concentrated in key areas like Yao Chen Mong, so Yamate, Mong Kok, Chim Sao Choi, Causeway Bay, um, Central CBD. So really congregating around areas where people could enjoy tourism and all the sort of leisure facilities and shopping facilities and, and restaurants that Hong Kong has to offer. But in terms of boosting and revitalizing the sector, coming back to your main question, there's really a lot that Hong Kong uh, has done well. There's a lot of campaigns in place, but there's a lot more that really needs to be done. And yes, we've had a few good events already. We just need to make sure we maintain the momentum. I think one of the difficult parts with that is that Singapore, 
obviously took a lot of events from Hong Kong, and now Hong Kong is working hard to bring in new events and also bring some of those events back. But I don't think it will be too long until we see some of that coming back. So how important do you think campaigns like the Hello Hong Kong is is to this as well? Because like you say, we're fighting to get all of our events back and they are coming back and there have been plenty of them so far. But those kind of deals as well as something to come to visit, you get a good package of some sort. How how does that work and how how is that being promoted? So uh, Hello Hong Kong is being promoted very widely internationally. But when you speak to people overseas they're probably not as aware of it as as we're seeing it here we see a lot of it in hong kong even when you arrive at the airport the campaign is right there when guests arrive uh, so i think we do need to do a little more i think it's a great campaign there's a lot of you know five hundred thousand free tickets going out to bring people into hong kong but then you get certain people who will go on the system try and book it say it's, it's not the easiest system to use or it's only in one language so there, there is you know things that need to be tweaked slightly more And uh, I think Hong Kong needs a few more campaigns of that. You know, when we look around the world, big cities like Dubai, even Abu Dhabi, uh, Singapore, I bring into the conversation again, they're spending a lot of money on their tourism campaigns. And Hong Kong is doing a great job and it will be great to see that kitty grow so that they can do even more to promote the, the city and bring people in. Let's talk a little bit about the challenges the sector's facing because a lot of people in the hospitality sector were laid off during the pandemic because yes. there just wasn't the demand. People weren't coming here. So how well is the sector doing at getting staff back in place and other things like whether hotels themselves need a bit of TLC, a bit of redecoration and maintenance because they, they haven't been operating very much. Yeah, they're great, all really great questions and I think you hit the nail on the head you know labor and staff shortages are uh, it's probably the biggest issue facing the industry at the moment i mean the whole hospitality sector has lost something crazy like seventy thousand people over the pandemic a lot of those people have gone to new jobs and not coming back and so when i speak to hoteliers and and even uh, fmb operators restaurateurs they're saying shaman look we don't have the staff to be able to 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 ramp up occupancy and and ramp up performance the way we'd really like to now some of the larger hotel groups were really good and they managed to keep most of their workforce in place over the pandemic where possible but when you had some of the smaller operators this was really really challenging and so that really you know there's a huge void to fill and hong kong really needs to do more i think the government needs to consider bringing in overseas foreign workers back into Hong Kong to train them up to get them back into this sector because we really need to be able to hit demand and we've seen that affect uh, the hotel sector but also it's affected the airport authority as well in its ability to ramp up and deal with more passenger inflow to Hong Kong. There's still time to do that as airline capacity builds up but it is it is a, a very important thing to for the government to, to look at because we really need to entice people back to this particular industry, which is an industry we love and it's an industry that really helps Hong Kong. Coming to your question on the revitalization side and, and the um, uh, what hoteliers maybe need to do in terms of capex, we saw a lot of hotels during COVID use that period to really upgrade. You know, you saw the Four Seasons do some work. We saw Upper House do some work. And some other hotels have sort of tweaked their lobbies and, and changed some of their restaurants around. And that's okay when you've got some of the larger hotels who put aside what's called an FF&E reserve. So that's a furniture, fixtures, and, and equipment reserve, essentially, which they put as a small percentage, maybe 2% to 4% every year of the hotel's revenue. And they put that aside knowing that they're going to have capital expenditure needs over the years. But a lot of the smaller hotels 
even if they had that FF&E reserve, you had to use that during COVID. So they're stuck in a limbo now, in a, in a place, a little bit of limbo now. Do they spend more money on the capital side to really revamp the hotels, give them a bit of a refresh? Or do they consider, well, should we maybe look at selling the hotel? And so this, you're, you're, you're in that sort of strange place because actually performance is picking up quite quite nicely. And so then some people are also saying, well, maybe we don't need to do anything yet because, you know, performance is picking up to a decent level. You know, we're at occupancies that, are, that have hit 90, 95%, as I mentioned, over golden week. But on average, you're probably looking around 76% for the first quarter, which is already significantly up from last year. You mentioned there that some hotels might be considering whether they sell up. Are there interested parties who are looking to maybe expand their portfolio of offerings that could step in in these cases? Absolutely. There's a range of investors looking at the hotel sector from a different perspective. You have some who want to expand their brand in Hong Kong, some who have already have a presence. And then you have others who are looking at hotels for conversion for uses such as co-living, multifamily or flexible accommodation. Uh, last year, we saw around 6.2 billion Hong Kong dollars worth of transactions across five notable transactions. And this year so far, we're around about 5.5 billion Hong Kong dollars already in Q1. That includes the sale of the Kimberley Hotel and the Penta Hotel transaction, which was actually technically announced right at the end of 2022. Uh, so we are seeing some movement. There's definitely a capital available. The biggest issue on the investment side probably at the moment is access to financing from the banks and where interest rates are. And as I mentioned earlier, you have operational performance that is doing quite well now, starting to pick up a little bit, but from both room revenue and non-room revenue. But at the same time, you've got this rising cost of, of debt from the higher interest rate. So that's causing a little bit of uncertainty in how investors look at the market and how they underwrite it. But anyone taking a mid to long-term view of Hong Kong will be quite excited about what the city has to hold, especially if you look at Hong Kong as part of the Greater Bay Area, your population of 80 to 90 million. Uh, and if you think those are all within a two hour reach of Hong Kong, then the hotel sector has hopefully one direction to go if we can sort out the labour issue, as I mentioned earlier. So so you are pretty optimistic about the outlook for the sector, it sounds like. I am. Look, we're one of the world's key gateway cities, strong financial hub, strong tourism hub, trying to be stronger in the innovation and technology sector as well, and really trying to attract people across a different range of leisure activities. We've seen a lot on the arts and culture side come in. We're seeing more sporting events come in. So with all of this, I'm very positive on Hong Kong's uh, hotel sector. Thank you so much for joining me and for giving me all those insights. That's Shaman Chalaram, who is Senior Director at Colliers, joining me today.